Welcome to AgTech Innovators, keeping you up to date with information from Agriculture Victoria. Feeding future populations is not just a problem for other countries. In Australia, for example, the farming land around Melbourne currently meets 41% of the city's food needs. However, by 2050, a lot of that land will be swallowed up as the population grows to a predicted 7 million. What's left by that stage will only meet 18% of needs. So, how's that shortfall going to be met? G'day, I'm Drew Radford, and in this episode, we're going to delve into one of the possible solutions. Vertical farming. And we're going to look into that with founder and CEO of Fifth Harvest, Brooke Kennedy. Brooke, thanks for your time. No worries, Drew. Great to be here. Brooke, we've got a lot to talk about in terms of your journey with this particular project. But I actually want to start with what is Fifth Harvest? So can you explain that to me? Yeah, absolutely. Fifth Harvest is an urban agriculture startup. So we're building vertical farms in inner city areas to supply fresh, local and sustainable produce to consumers. So we're growing indoors. So everything is grown under LEDs and it's a controlled environment. So it's protected from outside elements. So picture, you know, a warehouse with racks stacked to the ceiling, growing, you know, leafy greens or other vegetables all indoors. Brooke, it's quite a capital-intensive project that you're getting involved with and involves a lot, but what fascinates me as well is you're not from a farming background, so I'm trying to understand how you've ended up down this path. Yeah, it's a great question. We get we get asked that question quite a lot, <laughs> especially from farmers who are looking at us very sceptically. I've sort of always had an interest in technology, so I've spent the last decade working in early-stage technology startups, and I've also had a passion for looking at solutions that reverse climate change and have a strong belief in tech's capacity to bring about massive change for the better. I really came into this from a technology standpoint and thinking about how we can leverage the latest technology, data capture, data analysis, AI, all of these things that are sort of becoming more prevalent and tackle a pretty big problem within agriculture. My passion also stems from growing food at home in an urban environment. I've always lived in a city, or at least since I've been an adult, I've always grown food in the backyard. And when I was at university, I was putting together a business plan for urban agriculture. So it's kind of just been this culmination of working in tech, a passion and interest in growing food at home and and urban agriculture, and looking at this problem around sort of vertical farming that's brought us here. Great ambition. You've certainly got the tech side of things. But in terms of coming into the ag space, I imagine there's a learning curve, a fairly steep one. But I understand you've been involved with a thing called the Business of Agriculture Program. What's that about? Yeah, it's a great point. My co-founders and I don't come from agriculture, so it has been a really steep learning curve to understand the nuances of the industry. And we were lucky enough to be selected for the SproutX Pre-Accelerator Business of Agriculture Program. And that 
basically provides you with a broad understanding of the food system and supply chain here in Australia as a starting point. So that's been an incredible sort of foundation for us to to jump into and, and to get to learn more about the agriculture industry. What it is, is it's really two things. It's a toolkit for launching and running a startup. They'll provide mentoring, they provide different tools and frameworks to help you kind of launch a business. But then as you touched on this, the agriculture side, and that's really introducing you to companies in the industry, introducing you to farmers, introducing you to loads of people who work in agriculture so that you can talk to them, start to get a picture of some of the challenges, some of the problems that exist and how you might be able to go about solving them. So it's been really incredible. It's introduced us to another great community of other founders as well. And it's, it's really helped us get an understanding of agriculture and the ecosystem here in Australia. It sounds like an amazing leg up and a great introduction. Has there been any real key takeouts from that for you so far? There absolutely has. I think the first one is when you're starting a startup, it quite often comes from an idea. And I think that's a problem that a lot of startups then run into. They sort of go searching for a problem. And what it really has to be is the other way around. You need to get out, understand the, the problem, and then think of how you would actually solve that problem. And so you almost need to let go of some of your initial bias that you have around your idea in order to go and solve a customer problem that truly exists and that somebody needs solved. So the program has been really great for that, I think. It's sort of helped us flip our thinking a little bit and go searching for a problem rather than have a solution in our back pocket and going to try and find a problem. Having been involved in business, I think that's one of the most important insights you can get from business generally, but particularly in the area of trying to feed people, I'd imagine. It absolutely is. I mean, it's, it's a really, really complex food system that we have. You know, it's existed for a long time. It's efficient in, in so, very efficient in some ways and sort of very set in other ways. So when you're thinking about, geez, how are we going to sort of change this or, or disrupt it? It's really important to approach it with that frame of mind. Like where, where are the challenges and problems rather than, hey, we're just going to introduce this solution. It sounds like a real roadblock that the program's actually helped get out of your way for want of a better description. Um, yeah, I would say so. They've really tried to help with our thinking around starting a business. They've also helped a lot with validating what I would call a sustainable business model rather than sort of like your initial business plan. So breaking down different components of the business model, helping us sort of test those and think about those, challenge our assumptions and sort of start to validate that business model. So it's helped us get an understanding of agriculture, which is really important. But then, you know, it's also helped us unblock that sort of business model that we want to work on. It certainly sounds like it's opened some doors for me and you've had to let things go. So what's your startup traction been like so far? So honestly, we're still really early in our journey, but we've learned quite a lot. If we think about traction, like the people that we speak to are really interested in this proposition around like hyper-local sustainable produce. Customers are really eager to try it. So we've spoken to restaurants, wholesalers, retailers, and people are really, really eager to try it. Investors are listening, but then there's a few hurdles that we still need to get over. Like we said, it's very high capital cost to get it started and to get it moving. Energy is, is a big challenge. Labor is a big challenge. So there's still some really big challenges that we need to overcome in order to really get traction, I would say. But, you know, the early signs are there. The early shoots or sprouts are certainly there. 
it sounds like you need to challenge some preconceptions as well with investors. And is that a big area of uncertainty in the ag tech space or startup journey, just trying to challenge those? Or are there other challenges? That's the biggest challenge, raising capital. It's a big challenge at the moment. Obviously, the capital raising market's tough. And then particularly within ag tech, I think ag tech sort of went through a boom five or so years ago and then started to slow down a little bit. But it's now sort of at that point where it's becoming really, really prevalent, like some of the issues and problems that we're seeing, you know, with floods, with disruptions to supply chain, with, you know, disruptions to labor, like these are all really starting to come to the forefront. So the challenge is becoming more prevalent and more paramount but raising capital is certainly one of them and to answer your question like it's absolutely tackling some of these preconceived notions with investors who are looking at the us seeing like these big vertical farming companies fail some obviously going on to you know huge success as well but they've sort of made up their mind on some of these big things and so it absolutely is you know a challenge to keep showing them the data showing them that we're approaching it in an innovative way as well arguably though you're in a good position because in australia there is a really good success story in terms of sundrop farms their vertical farming system which i think is growing a fifth of the tomatoes for coal supermarkets across the country. So it's not without precedent. It absolutely isn't. Sundrop is a great example. And they've, you know, not only been able to develop an incredible product and get traction in the market, but they're also incredibly sustainable. They're powering their farms 100% with renewable energy. So they've really built a solution that's forward thinking and that it works with what we're trying to do, which is build a more climate resilient, sustainable um, food system. There's also others as well. So there is precedent that's been set, um, the success stories. And as you know, Drew, in any market, there's some players that come out on top and we're certainly starting to see some people forge ahead. It sounds in some regards like the cycle of the last five years has actually played back into your hands in terms of your timing now. I think so. We're at a really good place. I would actually liken where vertical farming is to where clean tech was or now climate tech in the early part of the 2000s. It kind of went through a boom and then a lot of those businesses unfortunately didn't work out or a lot of them failed and it sort of dropped off but we've seen it just kick off massively in the last four or five years and I feel like vertical farming has kind of gone through that same journey. It was sort of a lot of early interest and traction and then there's there's been a bit of a dip and we're sort of just starting to come out of that dip now and we're coming out of that dip with a lot more knowledge on what works and what doesn't work. We feel like we're in a really good position to solve some of these big challenges around energy, labour and automation, crop types, crop varieties, even seed varieties as well. So Yeah, we feel like we're just at that starting point of, you know, really sort of seeing this sector flourish. Where to from here? What's the long-term goal? So what we're trying to do is build a food system that's more climate resilient, sustainable and delivers nutritious food to a growing population. Melbourne, for example, is constantly expanding. Um, that's really eating into our food bowl as well. So we see that as a mega trend that's that's sort of going to continue. So we really want to address that as an issue. And I'd really love to see our products on shelves in retail stores around the country and people buying it because they know it's sustainable, it's going to last longer in the fridge, and they know that it tastes better than alternatives. So that's what we're aiming for with Fifth Harvest. Do you have a timeline against that, Brooke? We would love to see it happen in the next five to 10 years, I think is realistic. 
I don't want to sit here and say, hey, we're going to do this in two years because as we've talked about, there's massive challenges that we need to overcome and address. The technology is still developing and we're, we're sort of on this journey for the long haul as well. So, you know, we'd love to see it happen in five to 10 years. We're a household name. Products are on shelves around the country and people are sort of buying Fifth Harvest products for the right reasons. What advice would you give to other future founders looking to break into the Australian ag tech scene? Firstly, it's really important to understand the ecosystem. So you need a clear picture of how the food system works in Australia, what problems exist at each step of the journey before really even considering how you might solve them. So, you know, you could go about that by talking to people in the industry, farmers, suppliers, wholesalers, consumers. It's really important to get that whole picture and understand really what's happening outside of that specific advice you really need to know what motivates you like it's a tough journey you need to wake up every day motivated and ready to work there's no one that's sort of going to do it for you so you need to know why you're doing it what sort of really motivates you and what drives you to, to keep going every day because it's a tough journey sort of starting out on um, building your own company and I think they're they're probably the two sort of things I've taken away from the program and also that I would pass on as advice. Well, Brooke, it's fantastic advice and you've taken on a really big challenge. All the best to you and your team at Fifth Harvest for the road ahead. Thank you so much for taking the time and joining us for this AgTech Innovators podcast. No problem, Drew. Thanks for having us. Really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to AgTech Innovators. For more episodes in this series, find us and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to hear your feedback, so please leave a comment or rating and share this series with your friends and family. All information is accurate at the time of release. Contact Agriculture Victoria or your consultant before making any changes on farm. This podcast was developed by Agriculture Victoria Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne.